All right. What is going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to SaberSim's DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, September 1st of 2023. Happy September to everyone. Uh, excited to be back on Office Hours. It's been a little while since I've done this show. Uh, Andrew's got the day off today, so thought I'd hop in answer some questions for you guys. If this happens to be the first time you've watched a SaberSim Office Hour show, uh, this is an open Q&A show. You can ask me questions about SaberSim, about DFS strategy, uh, really whatever you guys want to talk about. The questions we get in our Discord channel and in the live chat kind of drive the spirit of the show here. Uh, but a fun time to be doing office hours. We've obviously uh, still have SaberSim 3.0 and the ultimate plan with the contest sims, all very new. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about there. We have NFL coming up next week. Uh, we do have some questions today about NFL. We do have uh, some of our initial projections up for NFL. Uh, they are obviously like the very first sims we've run. Jonathan Taylor still in there, for example. Don't have ownership yet uh, because we need uh, a lot more stuff on our end, a lot of data to come in to get ownership projections. So we can start dabbling in the uh, NFL type questions here today, uh, but probably we'll focus on that a lot more next week. I'll also have videos going to the YouTube channel next week, like we do every season, uh, talking about NFL showdown and NFL main slate strategy and planning on doing a uh, joint show with Andrew on Thursday and Friday of next week. Uh, as kind of like last second cram sessions uh, for NFL questions. So Thursday, uh, focusing a little more on showdown with the opening night coming up later that night and Friday uh, on the main slates with the main slate, obviously coming up here. So um, yeah, anyway, we'll get into questions here in just a minute. One other thing I did want to mention, just because it, it somewhat quietly happened alongside of 3.0 uh, and the contest sims and things like that is we do now have uh, college football sims. Um, I have a couple of videos up on our YouTube channel here. Uh, one talking with Eric about the college football model. Uh, Eric, obviously one of the data scientists on our team, but also just an insanely good uh, college football DFS player. Um, don't think we have the Sims up for tonight's games just yet, but uh, very good college football DFS player. Very interesting to talk to him about uh, college football strategy. Oh yeah, there, there they are. So uh, we have the, the Sims up for tonight's game. Had them for last, last night as well. And then uh, yesterday, um, I recorded and then I posted this morning another video uh, about college football, more on the kind of Saberson tutorial side. Uh, so if the way I position that video at the start, if you are brand new to college football and have been using Saberson for a while, just want to check it out, or if you are uh, a college football expert that or uh, veteran of the college football DFS space that is checking out SaberSim to check out our Sims, uh, those videos on our YouTube channel should help you out. Um, so give those a watch and let me know what you think. Uh, last housekeeping item before we start talking some questions here, I'm going to bounce back over here to the baseball slate just to get that pulled up. Uh, very excited to announce there has been uh, a lot of discussion about this, a lot of questions here. Uh, Max Challenge, it's back. 2023 Max Challenge. Uh, we've done this the last two years now. It is a ton of fun. Uh, become very popular here in the SaberSim community. Uh, basically, the way this works is you play NFL DFS uh, like you would anyway this season, and you have the opportunity to win some awesome prizes. Uh, we give away, I think, the best 
prizes in any DFS giveaway that I, I've seen out there. Uh, last year, we did a bunch of Yeti gear. We did Yeti coolers. We did uh, Yeti colsters. There's uh, free tickets available. There are uh, There's a free roll we put on at the end of the season. You can win this big belt here. Um, so this is now live here. Um, I'll kind of walk through this a little bit here uh, so you guys know what's going on. First things first, basically to participate in this, it's very easy. Uh, all you need to do, um, and let me pop this actually into the chat here as well. So you guys have this. Um, all you need to do is make sure you're using the Saberson logo as your avatar on DraftKings. Uh, most of you are already if you're participating in the winner circle stuff, uh, but use the Saberson logo as the avatar. Uh, there's a short form that you need to fill out. It's basically just like your DraftKings username, uh, your email address, and some your address so we can send you swag. Um, you can get that here by clicking any of these buttons. Very, very short form here. And then max out the 50 cent mini max on the DraftKings NFL Sunday main slate every single week. Uh, and if that, that, that's pretty much it. Um, if that mini max does fill, we do allow the smaller mini maxes that get posted in the contest as well. Um, that counts, but that's pretty much it. Logo as your avatar, uh, register using the short form. I do want to call out, um, this is only something you need to do once. I know every year there's a few people, um, that register every time, like every week. Uh, the first year we ran this, you did have to register every single week. Um, you don't need to do that anymore. So please just register once. Um, and you're good to go. Um, and then, yeah, then play the Minimax, right? So pretty simple. Let's talk about the prizes this year. Um, had some fun picking these out uh, for for all this stuff here. So uh, week to week, um, a few prizes that we are always giving out here. First of all, if you win the Minimax, which has happened like two or three times each week, we've done this in the past years, uh, you'll get three free months of Sabres of Ultimate, the new uh, premiere plan, uh, almost a $900 value, pretty sweet goodie there. Uh, you get the custom Sabres and Championship belt, uh, which uh, this is Canopticopter's uh, belt from last year or the year before. These are super cool. People love these. Uh, it has on the ring around the Sabres logo here, it has like all of the players that were in the lineup. Um, it says the max challenge, like what week you won. Really, really cool. Like an actual heavy duty, uh, like wrestling title belt. So super cool. Uh, and then on the winner circle, you get a dedicated spot. So if bragging rights are your thing here, uh, just below the 100K section, uh, unfortunately can't have the, the max challenge above the 100K, but uh, you get a special dedicated section here uh, for, so we've had four uh, people end up winning the uh, mini max playing the max challenge. Um, but apart from that, top finisher every week playing the challenge here. So just the highest scoring person in that contest that registered that has registered and playing by the rules and everything uh, gets a hoodie and then gets a ticket to this private $5,000 free roll we run at the end of the season. So I think last year we had like 100 or so folks that ended up getting a ticket to this free roll. It's $1,000 to first. Uh, a lot of fun, kind of like a, a Saber Sim community uh, sweat to just see who's going to take this down. $1,000 to first. Um, so super fun. You get a ticket to that. And then once a week, we'll do this giveaway on office hours every single Monday. Uh, we'll take everybody that participated in the last week and um, do a quick drawing to get free entries to next week's Minimax. So always have something kind of going on there, even if you didn't have such a good week. Tune in to office hours, see if you win the free tickets to next week's mini max here. Uh, and then the participation awards. Uh, this is pretty cool. Part part of why I like this challenge so much here is uh, if you participate and play, you're going to win stuff. Um, so for 18 weeks, if you play all 18 weeks, logo, you're registered and you maxed out the mini max in all 18 weeks, uh, you get a custom Sonos Bluetooth speaker. It's the Sonos Move. 
uh, click this link here. Pretty slick looking thing here. Uh, I actually kind of need one of these here. So um, I don't don't have a good Bluetooth speaker right now, but uh, we're working on getting some custom Sabreson branding on these as well. So Sonos speaker uh, there, free month of Sabreson Ultimate. Um, so you it, get the contest sims. If you don't already have them, if you do, it'll be a free month added to your account in the form of credit. You get an entry to be a part of that free roll here. Uh, and if you only play 10 weeks, right? I understand sometimes things come up. There's going to be people that only hear about this challenge a few weeks into the season, uh, or you miss a couple weeks. It's all good. Uh, 10 weeks, you get some cool gear as well. Custom Sabres and Nike duffel bag. Um, pretty cool looking thing. It's like kind of a, like a, a workout kind of bag that you would, you know, bring to the gym or, or camping or traveling or whatever uh, with the Saberson branding on it. And then you also get that free month. So uh, if you actually, if you do participate in 18 weeks, you get the 10 week prizes as well. So uh, you'd actually get two free months there uh, for the 18 week participation. Uh, but that's it. The link is in chat. All uh, we will most likely be posting this in a banner in the app. We'll post it in discord. We'll send an email about it. You can go ahead and get registered now. Uh, I know one question that always tends to come up every year is people want to make sure they got registered after they click submit. So I will work on getting that list. That was the one thing I just realized here um, is not set up yet. So um, if you, if you submit, you fill out the form, you're probably registered, but I'll put up like a public list of all the usernames that are registered just so you guys can double check that and uh, make sure that's, that's looking good there. So anyway, uh, that's it for housekeeping. Let's go ahead and uh, start doing uh some questions here um so we'll go ahead and let me jump over to discord here and pull out uh some questions so we'll we'll go kind of roughly uh from the earliest question that came in yesterday uh and just start working our way forward here uh chat i see questions already coming in chat i'm gonna get caught up in discord first all the questions that have come in in discord here uh and then we'll bounce over to the uh youtube and the, the twitter chats here um, so, uh, let's see out of practice here. Question from the piano teacher, uh, loving the new ultimate plan. A lot of doom and gloom circling around the top pros around the state of DFS contest. Sims are a big reason why you can see why they're worried. We have access to a lot of edge. We didn't before with this product talking about like DFS is going to die. We're all in a release to scoop up any remaining edge we can. Uh, but I'd like to think our average player scaling up with tools like this could also become build a more sustainable ecosystem. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely like a popular rhetoric right now. Um, you're hearing a lot. I think uh, some, some of the top pros and, and and some top players are definitely like seeing, uh, you know, like our contest sims and, and uh, other tools coming out around this time as like legitimate competitors to processes that they've spent a lot of time building it themselves. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm so far on the doom and gloom side if DFS is dying. I mean, the... Uh, the lobbies look uh, very solid to me. NFL week one looks great. I actually think it's a little bit bigger uh, than it was last year. Sports like NBA and especially golf appear to be growing uh, based on contest size. I don't think uh, these games are losing steam. Um, I mean, with that said, you know, these ecosystems and these markets just in general change over time, right? Uh, games change um, as, as a market becomes more efficient. People, we might have some people that uh, gravitate more towards like best ball or sports betting becomes a little bit more legal. You might have more casual money flowing in there. Um, I think these things take longer to come to fruition anyway than a lot of times people expect. I think there's a lot of buzz right now. And I think that saying DFS is dying on a big YouTube uh, title and thumbnail uh, gets you a lot of clicks. 
Um, so I would be aware of that part of it. Uh, that it is a lot better to say uh, DFS is dying loudly on your YouTube thumbnail than it is to say, uh, I don't know, something a little more moderate and probably a little bit more accurate there. So I uh, don't want to spend too much time on that. We got a lot of questions about like the uh, SaberSim uh tutorial kind of stuff here. So want to get into those here. Um, we'll just keep jumping into the next questions. One from Vegas Golf Fanatic here. Uh, again, in Discord. Uh, haven't run any contest sims yet. Why not? You should. Uh, curious what the range of outcomes will be, as in what am I looking to determine different levels of lineups? I get that minus negative 100 would be the minimum. Uh, and would be, dude, that lineup never cashed once and sucks. Um, yes, I mean, that is the theoretical minimum of a lineup is minus 100% ROI. Uh, just curious if 150 lineups within tenths of a percentage similar to Sabre score. Oh, okay. So like kind of what the general range of outcomes looks like for, uh, like contest sims here. I mean, I, I would, I would run some, um, the, the short answer to this is there isn't like a general heuristic. This is going to depend your curve of your ROI across your pool of lineups is going to depend a lot on the sport you're playing, uh, the slate you're playing and like the projection and ownership, um, how projection and ownership kind of are falling on that particular slate and the, uh, the contest, type the contest dynamics, uh, you're going to have kind of a, I would assume uh, a generally a bumpier curve, especially at the top for like very top heavy contests where winning first uh, just like creates so much of that ROI. It increases the variance, even in a hundred thousand contest sims uh, of like what that ROI curve looks like there. Um, so it, it's something that I would um, just experiment with and, and like run these builds and just see what you're getting. I personally, like, I think in terms of like valuable practical information here, I, what I would be aware of is the confidence of your, of ROI measurements at different parts of the curve. Um, Matt and I actually did a pro video earlier this morning, and I'll be releasing that as soon as uh, I'm off of office hours here, uh, talking about risk management and just kind of going a little bit deeper into contest sims in general. One of the things we talk about in that video is that there is uncertainty in the ROI measurement. It's not like a perfectly accurate measurement. Um, and where that is going to impact you the most is probably at the very top of your ROI curve and then very close to zero. Um, around very close to zero, like lineups that are grading out as a 10% ROI or a 5% ROI or a 15% ROI might actually be slightly uh, unprofitable and vice versa on the other side of zero. And at the very top of your curve, you might have lineups that are grading out as like particularly the, the best performing lineups in your pool. Like maybe you have a handful that are 200% ROI or something like that. Um, and then it drops down to you know, let's say 180% ROI. And then from there kind of flattens out. Like, let's see if we can just see this here. So 187, uh, 181, 186, uh, 179, 176. So like what typically I've seen here, especially for baseball and top relatively top heavy contests is you have a, you have a handful of lineups at the very top that are like very high. And then it smooths out to kind of a more linear curve. I, I wouldn't assume that those lineups at the very top are actually necessarily like that much better than lineup 25 or lineup 50, right? Um, so just be aware that there is there is uh, uncertainty to these measurements here. So um, I think that's the most practical advice in that for that kind of question. But anyway, um, Ryan uh, also asked about owner's box. Um, we did unfortunately have to end our owner's box support yesterday. 
Um, if you have questions about that, reach out to us at support at sabersim.com. Um, apologize for anyone that had, you know, gotten familiar with building on owner's box and playing there and enjoyed the product. Um, it just ended up not being worth it on our end, uh, to continue that. So, um, if you were participating, I do want to address if you were participating in the promotion, uh, the rake back deal where you were building up free, a free month of Saberson by playing on owner's box, uh, as well, reach out to us. Um, happy to, uh, figure out a, an arrangement there, but owner's box support is ended as of today. Um, all right. Uh, another good question here that we covered very heavily in our, um, pro video that again, coming out as soon as office hours is done, I didn't want to release the pro video and then have no one tune in here today. So, uh, sorry to keep everyone on the edge of their seat waiting for this pro video to come out, but I was going to release it right before I hopped on. And then I was like, everyone's just going to go watch that. And I'm not going to have anyone to hang out with here. So uh, you, you're stuck with me live for uh, 45 minutes and then we'll um, we'll put the video out. Uh, Chuck said, assuming one has access to the ultimate plan, does the addition of risk-adjusted ROI make min uniques obsolete? Uh, it does not. And in fact, we address, again, address this like explicitly in that video. Uh, what risk-adjusted ROI is, is it is the omega ratio uh, of the lineup. Um, you can look up the math behind a, a omega ratio on your own time, but essentially what it is, is it is a, a ratio of what that lineup wins when it is winning to what that lineup is losing when it is losing. Uh, it is a way of essentially calculating the risk, factoring in the risk of the lineup uh, into the ROI calculation. Uh, the risk being the like how often that lineup does not cash at all in this particular case. Um, again, more details in that pro video. Matt is uh, more articulate at explaining these concepts than I am, to be quite frank. Uh, but what the idea here is, is if you have two lineups that have a very similar ROI, uh, maybe they're 100% ROI, and lineup one, all of its equity is in the first place position. Like, let's say a hypothetical thing where it, it wins first or it does not cash at all. Um, lineup two, uh, has a lot of equity, obviously still in the first place position. It would need to, to have that kind of ROI, but it also has equity in the, uh, you know, min cash positions and three X and five X and different positions. Uh, those lineups would have the same ROI. The, the current ROI calculator here would assume those lineups are equally good to play. Uh, risk adjusted ROI is going to recognize that the downside of lineup one in this case, that only gets first or last basically, uh, is a lot higher and it will punish that lineup a bit in this metric. Um, so this metric in terms of like the, what this number is actually like doesn't mean anything to be honest. It, it is useful for carrying lineup, carry, comparing lineups relatively to each other. So this is the highest risk adjusted ROI lineup in the pool. Um, it is better than this one by that metric, but just keep in mind, like this is mostly something we put here to just make this consistent with the way that ROI was printed. It's not really a number that like carries, uh, specific meaning, um, but it is the omega ratio of the lineup. It is a ROI measurement that takes into account how much the lineup wins when it is winning and how frequently it wins, uh, but also compares that in a ratio to the lineup's downside when it fails to cash. So uh, very useful. Again, pro video will go far much deeper into that um, practical level. I think 99% of the time, um, almost all the time, I'm going to be using uh, risk-adjusted ROI um, in favor of something like ROI. I don't think there are a lot of situations where you wouldn't want to use it. I think the one that maybe comes to mind is if you are playing a 
contest type that is extremely, extremely top heavy, like maybe a qualifier or a winner take all or a satellite, you are going to find that you're going to sacrifice some points of ROI to lower your risk by using this metric. It may not be worth that trade-off in very top heavy contests where like the risk isn't as meaningful because there aren't many other payout positions. But, you know, now that I'm actually thinking this through, talking this out loud, I think in that particular case, you'll find that ROI and risk adjusted ROI will probably just be very, very similar, at least in terms of how they rank lineups. So anyway, um, I am waxing philosophy here now. Let's move on to the next question here. Uh, Sunfam. And I see, again, more questions coming in the chat. That's awesome. We will get to all the questions before I hop off today. Uh, I'm going to just knock out all the Discord questions first. Uh, from SunFam, if I have a custom set of projections and ownership and run a set of lineups, then want to run a contest sim based on those ownership projections, what is the proper way to do that? Uh, do the flagships only take into account SaberSim ownership for those contest types? Yeah, so uh, let's talk about projections first because that's the easier one. Uh, the simple answer for projections uh, is that when you when you have custom projections loaded, um, so, you know, whatever, maybe let's actually like start a fresh build. If you have custom projections loaded, you're using your custom set, uh, your lineup build is going to listen to those projections. Um, it is going to alter our game simulations using your custom projections as the new baseline and build your lineups accordingly. The same is true when you contest sim your lineups. So it is altering the simulations used in the actual contest some of those lineups to reflect the new mean projections that you have provided. So that is pretty straightforward. Um, for ownership, um, the, the field lineups that we have available here don't automatically listen to your ownership projections, right? These are uh, essentially pre-generated um, and it looks like we don't have them up here just yet. Let me hard refresh and make sure I'm not missing something there. Um, may not have them up for tonight's slate yet, but the, the dropdown of, um, hang on, let's see if so, I can bounce back to, oh, there they are. Yeah. Okay. So hard refresh fixes all. So all of these, these are agnostic to your ownership projections. What they are is they are using, uh, our ownership model, right? Uh, which does take into account an industry average aggregate projection. So it's not like we're, we're siloed away in our little Saberson world here. These are uh, using a, a industry aggregate projection and then building builds based on how we have back-tested people tend to play in these different contest types. Um, if you want to use your own ownership projections to basically create a field, you can do that. Um, what you would want to do here is upload and save your custom ownership projections. So you have a set and then select that set of ownership projections and then use this match exposures to ownership tool. Uh, you can set a band of how, where you want your exposures, where you want your exposures in your pool to come out to relative to ownership. By default, we have it at 15%. Um, I think that's a good starting point. Uh, if you go lower, we'll do our best to make it. Uh, to fit it in there, you can go a little bit higher if you want some more variance with your ownership projections. But basically, you will uh, create a new field for yourself that you can ultimately then select to use as your field lineups. So if you want to basically create a field based on your ownership projections, the process would be upload your ownership projections using the custom data upload here. Save that as an ownership set. Match exposure to ownership when, when selecting that ownership set here run a build using those exposures and then in your real build the build that you're actually your that you're going to use for your lineups you would set the field lineups 
equal to that build that you had made with the ownership projections. So um, if I lost your Sun fam, let me know. That's kind of the process. Uh, again, just quick sum up. The projection's pretty straightforward. If you set your custom projections, both the build and the field, listen to that. For ownership, you'll have to create your own field to simulate against. Um, otherwise, like ownership, like ownership projections aren't actually really accounted for, like aren't taken into account in the rest of the, the process. Like ownership uh, is taken into account um, via your field when using contest sims. And I actually think that's really cool. That's probably something we haven't talked about enough the idea that ownership projections are actually themselves just a proxy for making game theory based decisions about the lineups you are likely to see in your contest, right? That's all ownership is. I'm going to stop myself before I go down this dangerous rabbit hole here. Uh, but ownership itself is a, is a, a approximation. It is a tool that was created to help DFS players make decisions about how to construct lineups. But the contest sim goes really kind of directly to the source there and says, these are example lineups that you are likely to face what lineups perform the best against them so kind of cool um let's see let's keep it rolling here uh quick question about nfl showdown or not nfl showdown baseball showdown uh is there a way to set a rule for a baseball showdown that prevents starting pitchers from being a lone piece in a 5-1 stack uh yeah you should be able to do that let's see if we can um you can certainly make a quick rule that does that manually um so we could do uh it would be conditional and you could very quickly do um you know add in is it captain that you want or it's just period so uh ryu and god where's the colorado pitcher tonight there he is oh it looks like oh no that's not it uh you would add in these two here and then add them again as the um, utility spots. Oh, actually you're trying to prevent the loan. So I think what you would want to do is, okay, this is what you would want to do. Uh, so you would add in both of these here. Sometimes I have to kind of think these rules through in my head first. So this would be if exactly one player is used. So if only one, oh, this is kind of tricky now that I'm thinking about it because you won't know which player is used. Okay, I think we want to do an automatic rule here. Um, all right, let's see. So what we're going to do is we're going to say innings pitched. We're hacking it together here. I think this is the way we want to do this. Uh, let's see. Innings pitched. What's a safe number? Four. So if innings pitched is greater than four, if a player use it, if at least one player is used with innings pitched greater than four, then use at least one secondary player on the same team. I think this should get it done. Let's see. Manual rule. Let's save that and see. Oops. Let's take a look. Okay. So this should work. Yeah. So this is how you're going to want to do it. Um, that it's always fun when we get a question about like grouping rules, cause then you gotta go kind of figure out the puzzle here. Uh, but this is the way I would set this up. So it's an automatic group. And you're going to say that the one thing to note is you would just want that innings pitch to like exclude relief pitchers, but include the, uh, starting pitchers. So you're saying if a player is used that has innings pitched greater than four, then you have to use a player on the same team as them. So, um, 
I will, before we move on, I have to say it, be careful of this kind of stuff, right? Like these, these kinds of rules start affecting the Sims sometimes in unpredictable ways, because what you are saying is if a, if there's a simulation that happens where the optimal is a lone pitcher with a stack of the opposing team, which is unlikely, but unlikely in showdown in particular can be good sometimes because it's going to mean you're unique. You're going to force that lineup away from that construction, which not to say that this isn't useful or, or, or valuable, um, but just be careful of this. And I think there are slates sometimes where it sets up very well to, to maybe allow something like this. Maybe if one pitcher is extremely cheap on a team, uh, they don't need much to end up being in the optimal, even if the team goes off kind of later in the game. So, um, okay. Uh, question from... GM33, since you can only create five contest sim settings, what guidance do you have for grouping similar contests when you have more than that? Uh, one example would be two single entry contests, one with uh, 1,100, one with 2,200. First pays 10% to first, other pays 12. Would you use the smaller field values, meet in the middle, et cetera? What would be your guidance? Would your guidance be the same when grouping similar 20 max, et cetera? Yeah. So um, this is a good question. I, and <clears throat> what I think is the most important thing, like, the answer to this is going to depend on how many buckets you can afford to make, right? Like if you're playing eight contests total and you have five contest sims that you can run, it's easier for you to bucket and like you will probably like find a handful of contests that just group together very naturally to each other. If you're playing 20 contests, you have to be a lot more intentional with how you bucket things and you kind of have to use bigger buckets. Um, like in general, I think payout structure is the most important thing to bucket by. Um, I think the, the field lineups in my experience so far tend to be pretty similar to one another until you get to the high stakes stuff. Um, they're not dramatically different. So I don't even mind like combining, if you were playing 20 maxes at like low and flagship and medium stakes, like those field lineups are all going to be pretty similar to one another. The payout structure really tends to change the ROI complexion of lineups. So that's where I would really kind of focus on trying to keep things bucketed appropriately is how those, those lineups are structured. Um, fortunately, it seems like DraftKings and, and FanDuel too are pretty consistent with the way that they do that amongst stakes, like low stakes tend to have a similar payout structure. Um, Medium stakes and, and high stakes tend to have similar payout structures. Uh, I think if you're if your um, percent of first in particular is moving by five percent or more in either direction, that might be a good time to think about doing a different bucket. So for your example of like a ten percent to first, a twelve percent to first, I, I think you can set it at either ten or twelve, and the lineups it picks out there are going to be close enough together that you're, you're probably just fine. But a lineup, a contest with fifteen percent to first or twenty percent to first is going to start to play a little bit differently there. Um, like overall, when you're talking about differences in the percent of first by a percentage or a 2% or, or even percent of entries paid by a, a percent or 2% or 3% or whatever, the, the variance of the SIM itself and the projections and all of that is still going to outweigh the diff that, that subtle difference in the, the contest dynamics by quite a bit. Um, so I, I wouldn't sweat this too much. Um, but that is what I would really look at. And like, you will start to see bigger differences in strategy start to pop up when you start talking about like 10% differences in price to first. Like the stuff that's recommended to play in the flagship FanDuel contest versus the five cent 
uh, four or five percent to first contest, they look they start to look a fair bit different. Um, what is interesting is it, it is it, it, I've noticed it tends to be rare that a lineup that is like highly profitable in any GPP contest is unprofitable in virtually any other GPP contest. Um, maybe at like the ultra micro stakes comparing to high stakes single entry, you might find a handful of lineups where that is the case. Um, especially if you had a very, you know, you, if your field lineups were very sharp and very different, maybe that is, uh, uh, different, but, um, I don't know all this to say, like, I would not tunnel vision too hard on this. Like if you pick kind of buckets in general, that, that feel pretty good, pretty close together, maybe within 5% on these two fields in particular, you're going to be just fine. Um, okay. Uh, question from Sammy. Sammy, I might need a little more clarification on this one. Uh, I have an NFL question. Is there a way to make a rule or metric that uses a correlation between ownership and points that will result in a value of at least 0.3 or 0.5 or 0.7? Um, what would be the best way to increase it or decrease it? Uh, can this be made by position? Um, so I, I think I'm kind of following here. We don't have ownership projections for, uh, NFL yet. So I'm going to do this for baseball, but it sounds like what you are kind of trying to do is weight lineups, like weight their projection by their ownership or like take a ratio of those two things. And there's not a great way to do that, but what you could do is set up, uh, a metric that basically weights projection positively. Um, so we could take uh, the projection sum and just make it a normalized value uh, of the lineup. So it's like, so we don't need to worry about the different scale between projection and ownership. And then just de-weight ownership projections from there um, and do something like this and negatively weight this factor and positive, not by 11, and positively weight this factor. And this would basically say, put the projection of the lineup and the ownership of the lineup on the exact same scale and then take the one minus the other. So this would essentially uh, favor lineups that were projected well. And you could change the weights here, favored lineups that were projected well relative to their ownership. Um, and that would kind of get close to that. Um, I think your question sounds like you're talking about like a ratio between the two, which would be like projection over ownership, which isn't something that we can do at the moment here. So um, hopefully that, that helps. Um, good question from Fisty here uh, leading into to next week. Curious how you plan on using the new ultimate features on NFL Showdown. Uh, leaving it wide open for me. I will say uh, doing a video on NFL Showdown next week. Uh, we will absolutely be doing pro and ultimate videos and content on NFL Showdown in the coming weeks here. Um, it is a little bit tricky for me to like do this here because we don't have the fields. We don't have the ownership projections just yet. So I think a lot of this is going to come next week. Some of this on the office hour show we're planning on doing on Thursday. Um, as a baseline, I think the contest sim is going to do a very nice job of playing, of, of working in NFL showdown, right? For the same reasons it does in other contests, you are going to, um, take individual play-by-play -play game simulations, but then pit them in a proxy contest with lineups. You guys probably heard heard this all before now here, but lineups that resemble what you're actually going to see in those contests and identify what are the most profitable ones, right? Like that, that sounds really good at face value. Um, 
there are a couple NFL showdown specific things that I think are going to get interesting. The first is that at the moment you are simulating in a field of 5,000, no matter what, um, that is not going to, that does a decent job of proxying contests on main slates where that's going to falter is for showdown, especially how big these NFL contests get. There are going to be contests that are, there are going to be lineups that are duplicated 500 to a thousand times, right? That level of, of getting duped is not going to show up um, in your sim perfectly. And there are going to be lineups that in the uh, contest sim appear to be unique that might actually be duped five to 10 times or something like that, just because the scale of this contest is a lot larger. Um, that's something at the moment that I would say is something to be aware of. I don't have a great answer in terms of how to resolve that problem at the moment. I think that's probably one of the more interesting uh, things to consider here in terms of how the contest sim works. I also think that there is probably going to develop a little bit of a metagame here of in NFL showdown, if we all are using the contest sim and everybody kind of identifies a lineup that grades out very well by ROI, because this contest sim says it's unique, it might not be unique and it might crater some of the ROI of that lineup. And we, we actually touched on this last year in our pro content around this time of the year about um, using uh, some of the other custom metrics to try to actually get off of some of the highest, I guess, ROI now lineups that are showing up in your pool, um, especially if they are very consistently showing up because it's probably likely that other players are seeing that as well. And duplication is just such like an important part of showdown strategy that I think it's something to be aware of. I don't know what that would look like in practice yet for me, um, but like finding some way to identify positive ROI lineups that also aren't the first ones everyone else sees I think are going to be a valuable part of, of NFL showdown. And I mean, the, the question here a little bit is like, what contest are you playing and how large it is, is it um, in terms of how big, how, how important those, that duplication ends up becoming and also how likely you are to see potentially other Sabres and users or other SIM users in that contest. Um, there's a ton to unpack here. Again, we will, I'll have a NFL showdown strategy video coming out next week, which I think we'll be focusing a little bit more on the basics um, but then Andrew and I next week with uh, fields and ownership projections and everything, we'll be doing a stream on Thursday. And then there will absolutely be pro videos coming out, um, going really deep into some of this stuff here um, in the, the coming weeks. Because one thing, you know, that we haven't even really scratched the surface on with content yet, and there is a ton to talk about, is custom-made fields. Um, I think there's a lot you can do to basically set your field up uh, in a way that adds a little bit of additional value, especially in a sport like NFL showdown. So, all right, cool. Um, okay, we are uh, almost at, uh, uh, finish up on the uh, Discord messages here. Uh, before we run a build, should we have the my own on the contest we are playing? Um, the, the, Short answer is it actually doesn't matter um, because ownership isn't taken into account in the way that your lineups are constructed anymore, which was a big change happened last year, uh, improves the quality of your lineups overall, right? What your lineups are now by default is just the best possible lineup that could have been made for the set of Sims that was used to build it. Ownership isn't weighted in the uh, building process anymore. Where it is weighted uh, is in the Sabre score of your lineups. So I probably ought to have some lineups, huh? 
Um, let's see, does this build have lineups? One of these builds has got to have lineups. Yeah, so Saber Score will wait ownership, um, but you can change your ownership projections after the build now. It's another kind of cool 3.0 change. So you can switch this and like, oh, I actually forgot this was a high stake single entry build um, or something like that. That will change all the ownership projections that will resort um, by Saber score. So maybe this is a large slate and it's a high stake single entry, right? So this will kind of change dynamically. So you can change your ownership projections really at any time now here. Uh, where they are important in the process is with Saber score, not with the, the actual build settings. So, um, cool. Um, Dr. Toy, I did chat about, uh, risk adjusted ROI earlier in the video. I check it out. Um, another video coming out as soon as I'm off of this stream here, if you have follow-up questions for me, or if I did a poor job of explaining it, just let me know. Um, and then Neil said, um, if we play both the flagship minimax and one of the smaller minimaxes when it feels, how does that work when it comes to the challenge? So uh, good question. So it's the uh, apps, the top finisher is the absolute highest finisher uh, by not rank by score amongst both contests. So like it's the highest scoring finisher amongst any eligible minimaxes that people enter into. Um, in terms of the win bonuses, we awarded the prizes for winning a smaller mini max last year, because it feels bad if that's the one that you were able to get entered into in time and you take it down, feels like you should win it here. So that is how we've handled that in the past. So, all right. Uh, we caught up on discord. I'm going to jump over to chat. There's one question left in discord, but it came in in the middle of the show. I want to make sure I get all these questions, uh, for you guys that asked in chat here. Uh, George said, uh, just joined today to RPS and we'll start using SaberSim for the first time. Used FC before and SaberSim looks more modern. Definitely appreciate that. If you have questions, there is a SaberSim channel in the RPS Discord. Uh, you can always fire away at us there. Um, Demetrius said, how can I set up a way to not have to uncheck the players that are not playing? Uh, you shouldn't have to, period. That's not something that you should have to do. Um, I would, a couple things to like look out for here is make sure that you have refreshed the projections when it comes time to build your lineups here. Um, I would also, if it like, if you are getting players that are out in your builds, the absolute best thing you could do is reset your build. Most commonly when this comes up, it is because somebody has a custom projection set or a min exposure or a rule that they forgot about. And it is interfering. Um, actually, maybe even better than that, when it comes time for me to build my final lineups, I almost always just start with a new build, just so I know I'm starting like a totally fresh SaberSim. Um, other thing to check is make sure that you are on the SaberSim projections and aren't using an outdated um, projection source that you uploaded earlier. But those are like the most common issues that show up here um, for, for that. So, um, and then another question, do you set a randomness for MLB or college football? So the randomness option is something that shows up when you are in optimizer mode. Um, optimizer mode is basically using SaberSim like a traditional optimizer instead of leveraging our simulations. From there, you can add these randomness settings. Um, similar to what you see on like FC or other optimizers out there, you can do a uniform so this would be like, you know, every player is within 20% of their mean. Uh, you can create normal distributions based on standard deviations um, as well. Uh, this is really here for 
uh, a couple different particular types of players. One is somebody that is maybe coming from a different optimizer that has a very specific process and randomness setting that they like and they don't want to give up yet, but they want to use uh, the SaberSim tools. Or if you're building for cash where maybe you wouldn't want to use randomness at all, um, I I would like, I never use optimizer mode uh, because to me, the simulations are like the, the, the edge that we get in DFS. Um, so I like, I think using randomness, if you are accustomed to doing so elsewhere will be a nice way for you to get familiar with SaberSim. Um, but I would just recommend using Sim mode like 99.9% .9 of the time personally. Um, so yeah, like similar, same question here, any randomness for MLB? Like I, yeah, you probably, if you're using optimizer mode, you probably should use some randomness. Otherwise you're just going to get cash lineups. Uh, but if you use sim mode, instead of using like normal distributions and uniform randomness, you are pulling from the actual distributions that players had in our game simulations of the game. Like this is not a normal distribution, right? That's the problem with using a normal distribution. So, um, but with that said, SaberSim is very different than other tools out there. And we know that there are people that are joining SaberSim because they want to use, they want our 5,000 lineup pools. Uh, they want the entry editor. They want the late swap tool. They want contest sims. And you have maybe been building a process for years on FC or something like that. Optimizer mode and our randomness tool should let you do what you did elsewhere. But I don't have recommendations for how to use it because my recommendation is to get used to using sim mode, which I think is just better. So... Grayson said, if you have a pro sub, what am I missing? If I don't have ultimate, I watch your video and I still don't understand. The main thing is the contest sims. That's basically the, the big difference. Uh, with ultimate, you can, in your, for each lineup in your pool, you can pit it in a proxy contest that uses field lineups and a payout structure similar to the contest that you're playing on that particular slate and calculates the actual ROI of how your lineups perform or how they're expected to perform in the contest you're playing. The reason that is valuable is because it goes around all of the rules of thumb of DFS of how much projection should you have? What stack should you have? How much ownership should you have? Like all of this and just like directly calculates lineup quality. Now it is not perfect. It is still not a, a perfect bullet because the Sims aren't perfect. The field lineups aren't perfect. Um, there are There are ways to add value here, but it is a very, very accurate way of identifying quality lineups to play. That's basically the difference between pro and ultimate is access to the contest sims. So, all right. <clears throat> um, Sam just said, what's the best way to use contest sims in a winner take all since it doesn't have any min cash? Yeah, um, you'd probably use it the same way. 100% to first, uh, percent of entries paid, like 100 man winner take all, 1% of the entries are paid and let it rip. Um, I actually think contest sims for like qualifiers and satellites and winner take alls are really interesting and pretty fun to experiment with. Um, and yeah, it doesn't really change the strategy that much, I, but it is very fun to see what kinds of lineups get floated to the top in those types of contests. So um, one of the biggest benefits of the contest sims overall, I think, is how, uh, how dynamically it adjusts for those different contests, especially... Like we were talking earlier about bucketing similar contests together. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, strategy amongst lineups that or contests that are maybe, you know, 10% to first or is going to be very similar to contests that are 12% to first. That's not the case when you start talking about a winner take all. Uh, it gets pretty, pretty interesting. So uh, Stanley says, do the Sims provide a better edge for NFL Classic versus Showdown? 
Um, my, I don't know if I would say one is going to be better than the other. Um, I think the, the, the duplication question here is, is going to be a very interesting one for NFL showdown and how well, I, I don't have a good intuitive answer for if we're simulating a giant contest as if it was a 5,000 lineup contest. And let's say in the 5,000 person contest, we assume that there are going to be five, 50 lineups that are all the same. So that's, oh God, uh, 10%. Yes. Right. Oh God, this is embarrassing. Uh, don't do math on stream. You'll regret it. Uh, that's 1% of the, the lineups in that contest are going to be duplicated in theory. Like, I don't know if, if in your actual contest, you're playing, you know, a hundred thousand lineups and that same lineup is still going to be duplicated by 1% of the field. Does the contest sim appropriately handle ROI? Like there's a math problem there that I'm not sure of the answer to. I, th I think if it really is going to depend on how well a proxying the contest is smaller than it actually is affects duplication. And, and I, I should note that like, this is a problem that we're, we're aware of at SaberSim and we are planning on trying to scale up the sizes of contests that you can simulate and the, the sizes of the fields that you can use here. My hunch is that it might be something that is better suited for main slates for now um, because it's it's going to avoid that particular problem but i'm going to use it have i can't wait to use it for showdown like i think it's still going to do a, a great job and be far and away better than what other people have available to them um but that would be my hunch for now so uh, aggressive goose said when sorting by roi it seems like my exposure is concentrated on a few core plays and i'm more flat on the rest of the field is there a better sorting method than roi uh yeah there is and it came out this 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 morning um or last night um, and it won't solve this exact problem, but it will solve similar problems. Um, so first of all, risk adjusted ROI talked about it at the start of the stream. Um, it looks like by the time you asked this question, I would have already talked about it. So you might want to rewind towards, uh, once the stream ends and go check that out. But, um, risk adjusted ROI are my lineups. Um, is going to take into account downside of the lineup in the calculation, basically. So it's the omega ratio of the lineup. It's a ratio of what the lineup stands to win when it wins divided by the line, what the lineup stands to lose when it loses. It will take into account the lineup risk a little bit better. In terms of the concentration of your portfolio, how heavily weighted you are towards certain plays, that is going to happen uh, when you are sorting by ROI, especially if there is a big market inefficiency on our or your projections versus the field lineups. Um, I think the best way to deal with that is with min uniques um, by making your lineups different from one another and reducing the inter lineup correlation of your portfolio. The pro video that is coming out right after I hop off of this show is going to go goes very deep into the concepts of risk management and diversity with contest sims. So I check that out. Uh, can I explain what ROI standard deviation is? It is the standard deviation of the ROI across the entire sample of the contest sim. Um, that is like in a very literal sense, what it is. So, I mean, the, the poor assumption there is that 
ROI is normally distributed, like standard deviation is typically used for or is better for distributions that are more normally distributed and ROI really isn't. So it's uh, not great uh, in terms of like a useful metric there. Um, I will say, so two things about ROI standard deviation. It is relative to ROI, first of all. So it, it doesn't really make sense to be taken totally in a vacuum, but for two lineups with the same ROI, the lineup with the higher ROI standard deviation has a wider range of outcomes of what it is likely to do on the slate. So two lineups, ROI is 100. One has a standard deviation of 30. One has a standard deviation of 10. That lineup with a standard deviation of 10 is more consistently really caching probably, um, and probably also has a higher cash rate than the other. Uh, Jordan, I took the summer off from DFS. How do we put my lineups into DK? I messed up college football last night. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, do I have, I don't have contests. So um, let's quickly run a build here and just do the process from start to finish. Uh, so I'm going to just do 500 lineups. All right. So build lineups. Give me a second to catch my breath here. Um, while I'm letting this build here, uh, Neil's question, if we score three, play 300 lineups and two mini maxes, sounds like we have an advantage if you're just looking for the highest score. Uh, yeah, I suppose you kind of do, um, don't do that. No, just kidding. Um, Yeah. That's fair. I will have to think about potentially how to address that in the way that we end up calculating that out. Because I don't know the best way to handle that. Um, we use we end up using a, an Excel spreadsheet that kind of processes all of those contest files and it gets pretty unwieldy anyway. Um, in the spirit of the game, I mean, if you need to play, if you're, if you're playing both mini maxes anyway, because of your bankroll allocation, like great, go for it. I, I'm not super worried about the, this destroying the integrity of the weekly max challenge. I would maybe not do this in, in fair play if it can be avoided. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a fair point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have to think about that. That's a fair point. Um, okay, back to uh, Clint's question. So we have our lineups, right? This is when you're doing all the other stuff, contest sims, diversification, whatever. Um, from here, you want to click uh, save to contests. Um, if you don't have an entries file uploaded yet, you will be prompted to download one. Download the entries file, right? Um, wait, hold on. I think my... Uh, I think my screen crashed here. Sorry, one sec. Okay, let's see if this worked. Okay, um, then download or then upload, right? Find the entries file that you got, upload. This is a little bit different here, right? So what, what this is basically saying now, like if you're familiar to the old Saber Sim, is okay, you're saving these 20 lineups. Where do you want them to go, right? 
So depending on what the answer to that question is, you still have your fill method and you still have your contest pickers and you can still drag and drop. I'm just entered in the $1.20 max for now. So for me, it's super simple, but like if this is supposed to go into all of your single entries and three maxes, pick those. If it's supposed to go into all your 20 maxes, pick those, whatever. Um, from there, save to contests. Uh, this is gonna flash green and shake like you just saw it did whenever your entire contest file is full. Um, so one thing to note is if you want the download and open DraftKings to be automatically on, it's this toggle right here. So you can toggle that on. Once you click this, it does what you're used to. It downloads your entries file and it takes you to the page on DK, right? So that's that's like basically the process here. It, it's pretty, pretty similar to what it was before. The, the main difference is like you are now... What used to happen is you would click like fill and it was like you opened the entry editor in a modal that could do everything now. What this what what it really is now is once you've built a set of lineups that you like, you just save them and you choose where they're supposed to go. That's really the big difference. So um, give it another shot. If you have some time, do a practice round today. Um, so. Uh, Noah said, can you show what the process would be like for the KC Detroit showdown for NFL week one? KC has so many wide receivers. I'm interested to see what they show. Yeah. I mean, let's go. First of all, uh, let's, let's do, let's do one. Cause it's fun. Um, we haven't done one yet, but, uh, keep in mind, we're like very, very early with our projections here. The, we, we, the main reason these are even up period is so we could just do some like QA testing and make sure that like, uh, the wheels stay on when we're messing around here. So like something, something is probably going to jump out to somebody, um, don't get mad when our Sam Laporta projection is two points higher than it should be, right? But let's let's build some. I'm curious. We'll do we'll do 500. See how the Sims are looking. We don't have ownership either, um, so you can kind of guess. I think where the ownership is is going to go. But I know you were interested particularly in wide receivers. It looks like um, looks like we like for KC. Um, we like Tony, then MVS, then Sky Moore. Um, at least by projection, Let's see by exposure. Uh, top 150. Um, pretty light on the wide receivers for KC overall. A little bit of Tony, a little bit of Sky Moore, a little bit of of, of MBS. Um, like the running bit game as a kind of a interesting angle there at least early on pacheco showing up as our most common captain in, in 150 with a 500 lineup pool i'd go on and play with it a little bit yourself again take it with a grain of salt it's very early but we'll have a lot more coming out next week all right cool uh let's get to i think there was one other question here um Oh, okay. So there were a couple other follow-up questions about filling lineups. Saw a comment as well that somebody said that that demo I just did was helpful. So that's good. Let's let's hit this one real quick. Uh, apologies if it was covered. In Saberson Classic, when filling lineups, there was a drop-down that allowed you to select different builds from pertaining contests. For example, if I created a build for a 150 max GPP and created another build for single entry double-ups when filling my contests, I could click the drop-down and choose the right build with the corresponding contest. In 3.0, I haven't secret figured or secret figured out how to do that yet. Is it possible? Appreciate the help. Um, no, because the idea of a lineup set has kind of gone away. Lineups and builds 
are essentially the same thing. A build cannot have multiple lineup sets corresponding to it. Um, the reason that went away, I know this is a little, this can be a little bit annoying while you're getting used to it when you're filling your lineups. The reason it went away is because it was very confusing to new Sabreson users that a build could have multiple lineup sets associated with it. That was a, a people ran into trouble with that all the time. Um, they would run into issues having filled the wrong lineup set, or they come back to a build later and the, the lineups, the projections have changed. So they're looking at a different lineup set than they saw when they last clicked the tab. It was just kind of a mess on our end. So that was a, hopefully a streamlining decision we made that builds do not have multiple lineup sets associated with them. If you want to basically take a build in progress and copy it over to something else and work from it there, you can do that with the clone. So that was kind of the, the idea there of like, you can take what you've done in a build and just fork a new one off of it. When it, as it relates to filling your lineups, the way you should kind of think about it is fill your lineups with, fill your contests with the lineups as you are building them is really the idea. So basically as you have created the build for the 150 max, right? Once you are satisfied with those lineups, fill the 150 max, save it. That is saved now that your entries file is partially full. As you are filling your single entry double ups, you build those lineups, then click save and save those appropriately. The fill methods still kind of give you that same level of control. So like if you wanted your, your cash lineup to go into all those double ups, right? You have one lineup and you just select the contest it goes into and set the sequel to rank in that case and go from there. So it's kind of like as you're building and getting these lineups, fill your entries file accordingly throughout that process. So yeah, that should, should help. So, um, cool. I think we've gotten to everything here. Um, we are right at about an hour. Um, so I will, we'll start to wrap up here. Uh, if anybody has any last second questions, fire away at me now. Uh, final reminder, let's grab this one more time. Uh, max challenge. We're good to go. Um, so definitely get signed up, enter, register, get the logo set, get ready for NFL DFS. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, pro video about uh, contest sims, risk management, diversification. Answered a lot of questions about those kinds of topics on this show here today, but check out the video. I will post it as soon as we hop off. Um, and yeah, look forward to next week. NFL's kicking off. We'll have, again, a couple of special office hour streams that I'll be hopping on, a bunch of videos coming out. Stay tuned for all that. Really looking forward to that. Um, We'll go away last second with with George. Uh, do you use any randomness in MLB stacks? I touched on this earlier. I, I can't in good faith recommend randomness. Um, our sim mode is just going to do a much better job of picking up on the true ranges of outcomes of players. So over here, build settings, sim mode, good to go. If you're using randomness already on FC or lineup HQ or some other optimizer and you want to check out SaberSim, the tools are there for you. So you have them. I don't use them and I can't recommend them because I think sim mode's better. So... All right. Good place to uh, cap us off. Thanks everybody for watching. Um, we will be back on Tuesday of next week. Um, we are going to skip the show for Labor Day. We will be back on Tuesday. That will be our next office hours show. So enjoy the long weekend. Have a good Labor Day, everybody. Uh, looking forward to NFL next week. In the meantime, I will see you all later. Take care.